This is episode 113 for Tuesday, October 31st, 2017. <laughs> Brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week we will be discussing category 10B, Dunkless Vice Beer. <laughs> Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Eddie, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Each week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. And welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. I am one of your hosts today, Travis, and I'm glad to be back, uh, fresh from my my one week suspension from the league. Um, <laughs> which is that a reference to sports? Maybe, but I was not here last week because the week before it was discovered that I was drinking non alcoholic beer, and I was fined one uh, one week of podcasting mm. Mm. so i'm back and i know what i did wrong i'm gonna admit that but I'm, I'm glad to be here did something happen in sports recently where somebody got suspended probably i mean it, it happens all the time <laughs> yes. i mean there was oh, okay there, there was that one racist astros player that uh that happened a couple days ago well i didn't know oh, if i read were... about that today yeah yeah he did the uh he uh because you darvish was playing and he made a uh a racist gesture about Asian, uh, about Asian people, basically, you know, having to do with the eyes, mm-hmm. uh, and he is he is not going to be suspended for any World Series games, but he will be re- suspended for the first five games of next season. So yeah, I mean, so you did something wrong, but not wrong enough for us to suspend you from the World Series. Exactly. Yes. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I was just asking because I didn't know if you were referencing something specific that I wouldn't know about since I don't watch. No, sports. nothing specific. <laughs> But there's one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it would be funny because nobody gets suspended from a podcast. Well, I mean, I guess you could. Well, I mean, given the fact that Sawyer Chris and Sawyer were also drinking non-alcoholic beer, well, I guess Sawyer's serving his suspension this week. Yeah, yeah. He's got his this week, <laughs> and then Chris will be. Well, he's well, kind of owns the place. <sighs> but see, the thing is, he's taking his fight up to the Supreme Court, and it's just going to be like one thing after the other he's mm. going to have a temporary restraining order and then his his camp is going to be fighting the other camp and it's it's really just a mess right so i think he should just sit it out serve a suspension and then be done with it but mm-hmm. you know what do i know that nah, who knows i have no idea what you're talking about yeah well now now at this point it's uh it's ezekiel elliott right i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> as he shows up on our screen right over here so anyway moving on <laughs> yep so we are. Uh, we have a cast of three today. Myself and Chris is here. Hello, I am. Chris. Hello. 
have you done anything beer related <laughs> in the past two weeks i haven't talked to you no okay i've been really busy well that's i mean i drank some beer but <clears throat> yeah i noticed your homebrew fridge is looking kind of lonely out yeah, there i was even planning on brewing this morning but i didn't i couldn't make it to the uh brew store yesterday to get some ingredients so i just i didn't i my my schedule should be freeing up here within the next week or so now that bantober is wrapping up uh one more marching contest and then we're done so okay i should have some more time i need to do like a triple brew day to catch up for real (laughs) definitely so uh yeah there's that deal okay yep that's that's about it all righty i've been drinking some beer i'd have to stop and pick some up on my way home to keep drinking beer but like this one that we're drinking right now or at least y'all are drinking i finished mine already um (laughs) I had not had this one before, and I saw it at Spec, so I picked it up. It's the uh, Varsteiner Premium Pilsner. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of Varsteiner stuff before, but uh, never this one. I like it a lot. It's really good. Yeah, I like this. It's almost fest beerish, like the malt character. Yeah, I can see that. But um, biscuity. Yeah, it's good though. I like it a lot. Yeah, one thing that I started doing, you know, I, I have my my two tap tower system at home. Uh, that always has homebrew on because I actually care about the hobby and make sure that I wow. have your... Ooh, wow. shots fired. Wow. You know what? I'm going to let you smell these hops that have been sitting on the table for like two months. Okay. The hops and the Gentleman Jack just uh, just sitting there. It's almost like the podcast mascot at this point. Take a big old whiff of that. They're losing their potency. Really? Finally. They smell like feet to me, so... <laughs> But it's faint feet. Uh, Take a whiff of that there, Powers. <laughs> I, the look I, on your face. I agree. Describes I, it all. If they're losing their potency, I don't I don't want to imagine what those smelled like. It was fresh. Um, pretty rank. Whew. No, fresh, they smell fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah, but, okay. you know, we did it, uh, was it aged? We wanted to see how they aged, so we left them out. Yeah. They're supposed to be kept cold. After our episode of Hop. Yeah. Uh Hop specific episode, yeah. Oh, we decided to leave them out. Okay, and that was a while ago. But, anyways, back to the story I was telling, or the reason I brought that up, was that I, I have my two tap tower system, so I always have two beers on draft. I usually have one beer in bottles for homebrew, and then I started making sure that I always had some sort of commercial brew also. And I've been buying a lot of German pills and mm. Bavarian pills, Czech pills, just some really light foreign made beers because if you get a good one that's really well made you can't go wrong yeah it's great mm-hmm. so yeah. i like this one a lot the mm-hmm. Steiner. Yeah. if we can find it in cans then that would be awesome i bet they do make it in cans probably hmm. so there's yeah. that we're also joined today by powers mm. <laughs> yes we're still in the intro wow yeah we are still there aren't we oh gosh i gotta talk now yes how hey, are you my friend i'm doing pretty well doing pretty well pretty, um, pretty, good. pretty good it's been a yeah. couple weeks or two three weeks since i've seen you so yeah yeah um you know the last episode that you were on i wasn't here and the last episode i was on you weren't here mm-hmm. you know um i forgot to i figured this week i'd probably uh you know like mention a couple of things from my trip to houston just because i was uh, I had a had a little bit of a happy accident uh, 
stumbling into a brewery. Uh, we, we went to the Eighth Wonder Brewery and stumbled upon their Oktoberfest over there. I have not been there. It is. Uh, it's it's a nice place. Well, nice. It's basically an industrial building, but uh, it's close to downtown. Pretty close to kind of where all of the uh, you know sports action was happening. And that was during Game Two of the League Championship Series between the Astros and the Yankees. And they had like a whole bunch of TVs. You know, they, they were already having a party, but the fact sure. that the Astros were in the World Series or in the le- in you know the playoffs just made the party even bigger. And so the place was just a great, uh, great atmosphere uh, just for that. Uh, you know, they had a. Luckily, we didn't have to stay inside because everybody was inside watching watching the game. We um, we ended up going outside to their kind of big little, big big little, big little. <laughs> yeah, exactly into into their big backyard area where they had a stage set up and all of that fun stuff they had giant statues of all the beatles set up right behind their stage and that was interesting uh, it it was kind of weird and kind of out of like almost out of place but it was also kind of like well i can i can see where the owners are coming from because it's like hey if i can have giant you know 25 foot statues of the beatles in my brewery's backyard like why would i ever say no to that I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess is the uh, is the thought process there. But the beers were pretty good. Um, they had a the the Oktoberfest style Martin that they had was a little bit different from what I remember. Um, especially having done the Martin episode just a couple weeks prior, we, I had that pretty fresh on my mind. Um, Isn't it funny how that happens? Yeah, you like, just <laughs> we'll do an episode, and then all of a sudden you are introduced to a beer that is supposed to be in that style or is either a great example of it or is totally not mm-hmm. and it's really fresh on your mind so you're like yeah i don't know how i feel about this exactly it didn't it didn't quite have that um the it, it didn't have that same like super like ready multi um character that a lot of the martins we had that martins that we had that day yeah. had it was uh it was very similar to that wild acre brew uh beer that we had that day the Mondlift, okay. the one that chris didn't like um yes. but i i liked as a beer but it was definitely outside the style uh, it was kind of similar in character to that i would say but uh, my favorite my favorite beer that they had was the uh was their blonde their intellectual um huh. <laughs> yeah um, that one time to come up with that one. <laughs> Got <it>, right. <laughs> um, this might have been just because it was hot and it was really super poundable, and uh, you know, it's it's also funny how I've started rating beers as poundable ever since I've joined us <laughs> up. <laughs> like I'll, I'll be sitting with Anna, just drink. You know, I'll be drinking a beer and I'll be like, "That's a pretty poundable beer," and she'll be Poundability like, "Poundability at ten. <laughs> yes, and she'll be uh, and sh- and she'll just look at me and she'll be like, "Will you shut up?" Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, so that was a that was a lot of fun. Got to try a couple of different things while I was down there, but you know, nice. I just I just realized I'd never actually talked about that on the podcast, and it was a really good time. I mean, and then as we were leaving, the Astros won, so everybody went crazy, and it was, um, hmm. you know, it was a it was a good vibe. It was a good atmosphere. I'm not sure if it would have the same type of atmosphere. I like on a normal day, it probably does have a pretty similar thing. It seems like it's pretty well known around the area. Uh, but I just don't, you know, I, I'm i not sure how it would hold up on like a day where it's not a giant party and everybody's hyped up about baseball. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it's still 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 like that since their uh, Astros are still in the series. Oh, yeah. Right now. Speak. Now, Travis, you went to a new place within the last couple of weeks that oh, you yeah. were raving about. 
I did. I went to a couple new places last week on Saturday. I had nothing planned, nothing going on, so I decided to do a uh, public transit tour of Dallas, or at least uh, two places. So I rode the... That's about how many places you can get on the dart. (laughs) I rode the uh, Tiri from Arlington all the way to Union Station in Dallas and then transferred to the Blue Line and took the Blue Line all the way till it ends in Rowlett. And so I got off at Rowlett Station. This was first thing Saturday morning and walked maybe about 200 feet to Bankhead Brewery. Hmm. It's very close. And they opened at 11, so I walked in there and it was... uh, Real nice vibe, real clean, real, real lively. Um, and I tried 10 of their beers. They had flights of five. And what I liked about them was what I disliked about um, Dirty Jobs. If you remember, I said that their beers were too tricked up. There was just like mm-hmm. fruit this and uh, spice that, and, and there's just too many extra things. Well, Bankhead was very much follow the BJCP and make a very good, very well-crafted beer in that style. And I tried 10 things. I think the lowest thing I rated was a 3.8, and mm. it was fantastic. I will go ahead and make the uh, make the reckless pronunciation that I think they are the best brew pub and making the best beer in DFW. Wow. wow. As I back away from the mic. Because <laughs> you can't really drop it. Yeah. Because uh, it's attached to the table. It was good. It was very good. They had a a check pills that I think would rival any commercial example that they that that's out there. It was fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So many so many good things are happening, and it sucks that it's kind of off the beaten path. Rowlett's far away. Yeah, it's kind of on that edge of the proper metroplex. Yeah. So yeah. And like I said, I took the blue line till it ended. That was the last stop. Um, How long were you on the train? Because those train trips aren't quick with all the stops. Yeah, I got on... Especially if you're going TRE. In Arlington at 9, 12 a.m. And I got off the blue line at 10.53. Yeah, so, so a little over an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Had a book. You could probably make that trip in about 35 minutes by car. I could. <laughs> But but, th- but then there's the freedom of not having to worry about driving after yeah. you're done. So that's nice. Yep. So I was there. And then, uh, of course, I was the first person there since they opened 11. But then shortly after there, it really picked up. There was tons of people. Most of them, I think, were regulars mm-hmm. because the bartender knew them and was chatting them up. So a really cool place. Um, yeah. What else is there to do in Rowlett? If you get a chance to visit there, you <laughs> listeners at home or anybody, definitely check it out it's, it's worth it i'd like to go check it out sounds like a good place yeah it's pretty uh pretty close to where i live so i'm definitely thinking about maybe when i get back from my trip taking a saturday out there um yeah, let me know when like. you go maybe i'll get on the train and <laughs> yeah so i did that and then i got back on the blue line went one stop uh westward to garland mm-hmm. got off there and then walked to intrinsic brew pub which is also within walking distance of the uh, dart stop and that uh, I planned on eating there, but the line for the barbecue was pretty long, so I just ended up drinking their beer and then leaving. Okay. Um, it was all right. Kind of, of a downer after Bankhead. Yeah, and <laughs> that's probably not fair to them because I just been bowled over by how how impressive Bankhead was, and then uh, but but they made some they made some good stuff. And then, do you ask the guys at Bankhead if they distribute? I don't think they do. Hmm. 
because I have not seen it anywhere else. We had one of their kegs at Blue Bonnet in the Big Thirsty, mm. but that was it. I've never seen it anywhere else. Um, so there was that, and then I remember getting back on the Blue Line, and I fell asleep on the ride home. <laughs> <laughs> so it was probably a good idea that I rode the train out there. Yeah, because it was a really quick trip back. Mm-hmm. Oh, quick trip reference. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a that was a good time, a good Saturday. And I'm slowly ticking away on how many brewery, breweries and brew pubs. God. You're on the struggle bus today. Breweries and brew pubs that I have to visit in DFW because I've almost visited all of them. And that's my goal. They just keep popping up, don't they? That, and that's my problem, too. <laughs> they just, like, it seems like every week I hear about a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, after all of that, my total rating or my rating total on rate beer is now 4,800. So I am 200 beers away from beer number 5,000. Oh boy. What's that one going to be? I don't know. I was thinking of having like an old school beer night at my house that night. Mm. Hmm. Have some people over and maybe get some crazy beer. I saw like a a Budweiser Amber Lager. Yeah, that's not going to be <laughs> that. Wait, that the, the, the one. For playing. I think I've seen that commercials for that. Is that the um? Is that that reserve, um, something or other? Like I don't know. I, I saw it at the Kroger Marketplace today. Yeah, huh. I think is that it? because I think they've been showing commercials for that the Budweiser the Budweiser or something or other. Yeah, I might be going crazy. I don't know. I don't watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't have time to homebrew, I don't have time to watch TV. Anyway, so but, uh, I was at the Kroger Marketplace looking for uh, a beer for today, but I was relatively... Have you ever been to Kroger Marketplace? Relatively unsuccessful. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad we have our drops back. <laughs> actually, last week was kind of nice. Um, anyway, so... Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, no. We actually had to come up with content. Yeah. It was it awful. Was, yeah. No, it was good. Anyway, well, so I was looking for a beer for this week. But other than the two that y'all bought, I couldn't find anything. Um, there was one, I think it was a Vorsteiner that I saw online that said HEB had it. Hmm. So that's why I drove all the way out to Burleson to the HEB, but they didn't have it. Oh. All they had was a Weinstefaner. So I went across the street to the Kroger Marketplace, and they didn't have any, not even the Weinstefaner. So... I don't know. And I checked the specs on Tuesday when I stopped there to pick up my beer for the week because <laughs> I haven't homebrewed. Okay. And they didn't have any there either. So, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. Well, let's go ahead and uh, say thank you to our listeners. Yeah. If you're thank listening, which you are. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoy it, hit that subscribe button. Let's see. Not every episode will have a incredibly long intro, but sometimes <laughs> you just got to talk. Yeah. Sometimes you get a lot on your chest and you got to get it out there. Travis is trying to make up for missing last <laughs> week. I did. Yes. And uh, also check us out online. We have Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, everything. Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. We are everywhere. And Google Play, which we found out officially. Yes. I. What? That's yeah, a you, thing now? You weren't here last week when we talked about it because Powers is, is an Android user and he uses Google Play and we're on there. Oh, snap. We are definitely there. Because <laughs> on my iPhone, I can't access the podcasts on google play Mm -hmm. 
So we're thinking maybe that's Android's middle finger to all the iPhone users. And so that's why I thought we weren't on there. Oh. But he said that's what he uses to listen. Yeah. So we're, we're on Google here. Play. I think we've been on Google Play. We just never realized it because none of us can access it. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. I there we bad. are. I feel bad about taking their logo off of the banner now. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. All right. Well, maybe maybe they deserve a spot back on the banner. I don't know. Oh, we've already made the banner. <laughs> oh, that's right. The physical banner. Yeah. Well, we could just put that in in Sharpie. Like, <laughs> just Google Play, tape it, too. Tape it on there. Yes. <laughs> Sticky note. <laughs> anyway, so this week we're talking about 10B, Dunkless Weiss Bier. Overall impression, a moderately dark German wheat with a distinctive banana and clove yeast character, supported by a toasted bread or caramel malt flavor. Highly carbonated and refreshing, with a creamy, fluffy texture and light finish that encourages drinking. Aroma. Moderate phenols, usually clove, and fruity esters, usually banana. The balance and intensity of the phenol and ester components can vary, but the best examples are reasonably balanced. So not just balanced, but reasonably balanced. Hmm. Optionally, a low to moderate vanilla character and or faint bubblegum notes may be present, but should not dominate. Hop aroma ranges from low to none and may be lightly floral, spicy, or herbal. Because we're from Canada today. Mm. A light to moderate wheat aroma, which might be perceived as bready, doughy, or grainy, may be present and is often accompanied by a caramel, bread crust, or richer malt aroma. The malt aroma may moderate. Wow. Yes, okay. I was like, is that moderate or moderate? But it said may in front of it. It is a verb. Yes, the malt aroma may moderate the phenols and esters somewhat. Appearance. Light copper to mahogany brown in color. Fancy today with mahogany. A very thick, moussey, long-lasting, off-white head is characteristic. The high-protein content of wheat impairs clarity in this traditionally unfiltered style, although the level of haze is somewhat variable. Suspended yeast sediment can contribute to cloudiness. Flavor. Low to moderately strong banana and clove flavor. The balance and intensity of the phenol and ester components can vary, but the best examples are reasonably balanced and fairly prominent. Optionally, a very light to moderate vanilla character and or faint bubblegum notes can accentuate the banana flavor, sweetness, and roundness. Neither should be dominant if present. The soft, somewhat bready, doughy, or grainy flavor of wheat is complementary, as is a richer caramel toast or bread crust flavor. The malty richness can be low to medium high and supports the yeast character. A roasted malt character is inappropriate. A spicy, herbal, or floral hop flavor is very low to none, and hop bitterness is very low to low. Well-rounded, flavorful, often somewhat malty palate with a relatively dry finish. I think it is important to note that you said a roasted malt character is inappropriate. Yes. As this is, you know, sometimes people describe this as just a dark wheat beer, Mm -hmm. which, in essence, that's what it is, but there shouldn't be any roasty notes from the dark malts. Okay. But rich caramel toast or bread crust is acceptable. But roast is not. Yes. Mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. <laughs> we had to do that one by ourselves last week. And yes. it, didn't, it didn't work oh, out Oh, well. <laughs> I'm going to look forward to listening to that. And oh boy. you will look forward to listening to that now from... Yeah, from now on. probably. <laughs> uh, medium light to medium full body. The texture of wheat, 
sorry, the texture of wheat as well as yeast in suspension imparts a sensation of a fluffy, creamy fullness that may progress to a lighter finish, aided by moderate to high carbonation. Effervescent. Period. <laughs> Comments. The presence of Munich and or Vienna-type barley malts gives this style a deep, rich barley malt character not found in a Weiss beer, often known as Dunkelweissen, particularly in the United States. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and read characteristic ingredients. By German brewing tradition, at least 50% of the grist must be malted wheat, although some versions use up to 70%. The remainder is usually Munich, Vienna, or dark or caramel wheat malts or Pilsner malt with a color malt. A decoction mash is traditional, but infrequently used today. Weizen ale yeast produce a typical spicy and fruity character, although extreme fermentation temperatures can often, or sorry, extreme fermentation temperatures can affect the balance and produce off flavors. Style comparison, reflecting the best yeast and wheat character of a Weiss beer blended with the malty richness of a Munich Dunkel. The banana and clove character is often less apparent than in a Weiss beer due to the increased maltiness. Vital statistics, original gravity 1044 to 1056, IBUs 10 to 18, final gravity 1010 to 1014, SRM 14 to 23, and your ABV is 4.3 to 5.6%. Alcohol volume. <laughs> yep. I was wondering when I was going to hear that again. Oh, God. <laughs> and your commercial examples for the Dunkless Weiss beer, the Einger Urweisse, Etaler, Et- Etaler, whatever, Weiss beer, Dunkel, Franzis Connor, Hefe Weiss, Dunkel, Hacker Shore, Weisse Dark. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to find that one. <laughs> Tucher, Tucker. Touch my what? <laughs> Dunkless Hefeweizen, Weinstefaner, Hefeweissbeer, Dunkel. And I believe we have... We have one of those. One of those. Today. Yes, we have the Weinstefaner. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. The history on this one's very brief. Mm-hmm. If we want to read it. Who's going to read that one? I can read it. All right. It, All right. Uh, history. Bavaria has a wheat beer brewing traditional... Well, okay, God. What? Has, Bavaria has a wheat beer brewing traditional hundreds of years old. I think there's a typo there. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's just said, tradition. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But the brewing rite was reserved for Bavarian royalty until the late 1700s. Old-fashioned Bavarian wheat beer was often dark. Wheat, yes. As were most beer of the day. Pale Weiss beer started to become popular in the 1960s. But traditional dark wheat beer remain, remained somewhat of an old person's drink. So this was, ah, I like th- that. This was for your grandpa. We're drinking grandpa's beer today. On one hundred. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so the the Dunkless Weiss beer was the original wheat beer. Yes. It didn't get light till the nineteen sixties. Yeah, because the pale they, version didn't become popular until the nineteen sixties. Right. They didn't have the ability to make lighter malted grains until later on mm-hmm. so back in the early days all dark or all beer was dark beer yeah that's why it was served in the opaque mugs stone or metal mugs because nobody wanted to look at it because it wasn't very pretty to look at <laughs> i personally love a nice dark beer yeah i think it's the prettiest kind of beer <laughs> all right well huh? anything else or shall we get to it 
Yeah, we've got one commercial example, so let's begin with that one. Huh? All right. I'm glad you all asked about our first beer today. It is the <laughs> Weinstefaner Hefeweiss beer. The Weinstefaner. I don't. It's German. W's of the Wein. Weihenstefaner. Weihenstefaner. There you go. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, the Hefeweiss beer Dunkel. Um, it is uh, one of it is one of our commercial examples for the style. So uh, promising for a uh, high BJCP rating. We've got uh, what do we got? Would help if I read the bottle before we started. <laughs> uh, 5.3% alcohol by volume. It is brewed under the purity law of 1516. I'm guessing a lot of the beers that they do. Reinheitsgebot. Yes. <laughs> Reinheitsgebot. Yeah. Reinheitsgebot. Reinheitsgebot. It's the Canadian version. <laughs> um, not much else going on in the bottle. It's a pretty, uh, you know, I- I've seen a few of their beers. It seems that they do pretty much uh you know same thing on their bottle um i'm not seeing a best by date or anything i don't know how long the specs i got it at has had this one but who knows all right very uh very cloudy hazy yeah you guys murky you guys probably say murky it's very murky i got some floaties of course, yeah. it's a half of ice, and so it's going to be murky and cloudy and yeasty and chunky. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. I want head, and I want it to be huge. Well, you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you call that mahogany? I would call that probably a shade less than mahogany. Mahogany is like, like a... What a, a light brown? It's like a reddish oh, brown. A reddish yeah. brown. This one's more orangish brown. Like so. this table is like a fake mahogany. I'd probably put this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, so. this is more orange highlights than. Yeah, especially so held up to the light. There's definitely some orange highlights, but it is probably put it closer to copper or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A very light brown with orange highlights. How about that? With a rocky off-white head. Getting some of that clove in there, and that's in that aroma. I'm picking up a lot of banana. Yeah, yeah. the yeast character does come through quite a bit, mm-hmm. even though they use some darker malts. Um, still, just like a uh, a commercial Hefeweizen beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not really picking up any of the uh, dark, toastier, bready notes in the aroma. The the yeast yeah. phenols kind of take over. Yeah, lots of clove, banana. Maybe a little bit of like caramel, but it even then, it's really I mean, hard. If, if if I'm getting that, it's more the sweetness from like the banana almost. Yeah, you know? yeah. Still, lots of banana and clove in the flavor, but there's definitely that that bready sweetness in there. I'd say more like bread dough. It's real doughy. Yeah. Which was which was a characteristic on the style. So. Hmm. Yeah. Not that I eat a lot of bread dough, but yeah. if I had, <laughs> I would expect it to be similar to that. It's like OJ. I didn't kill her, but if I did, oh jeez, <laughs> wow, you took it to a whole nother 
Well, you know that's <clears throat> that's what comedy is. You take it to the you take it to the, like the the furthest extreme you possibly can, and then you're ob- obviously funny, right? If you're not offending people, you're not funny. Exactly. Hacker, so- <laughs> <laughs> did, did did we just have to get a Sawyer Hackershore in there? No, it was just the, because it was it was the first part of the word. Hacker, hacker, hacker. Oh, <laughs> I see. Anyway, um, hey. <laughs> Yeah, the the malt comes through in the flavor more than it does in the aroma, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. Oh yeah, it's got a nice sweetness. The I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily balanced between those because the yeast character comes through more than anything else yeah. in both flavor and aroma. Mm-hmm. But it also can be acceptable in this style. It said reasonably balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. was not necessarily calling for the harmonious marriage. Just balance i'm definitely getting a lot more of the the vice beer than dunkel character yeah now it also mentioned light notes of vanilla and bubblegum are acceptable are you picking up any of those i got a lot more vanilla out of the minstrel Ooh, well um (laughs) i don't pick up any vanilla i could be persuaded to sense some bubblegum but it's only if you're thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's not something that I picked up off the it would it would almost be something that I would be thinking I'm tasting because I just read the style guide. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I'm with you there. I I could be talked into it, but it wouldn't have been something I had written down on the sheet. Right. Judging it without talking to my partner before. Do you get any uh, any warmth? Mm. No. No. But at five something, I wouldn't expect to. I can't tell if I just have a sore throat from <laughs> from breathing in the cold air or if I'm getting alcohol. It's probably a sore throat. Well, because this one is listed at 5.3. Yeah. And the style guidelines weren't 4.3 to 5.6. So it's yeah. just on the top side of it. Yeah. But I wouldn't really expect a whole lot of warmth at any of these. Now the style guidelines also said uh, medium to medium full body. Mm-hmm. I'd say medium. Yes, because it is still kind of light and fluffy. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't necessarily go to medium full. No. Yeah. However, did it say medium full? Yeah, it did say medium full. However, I'm not picking up the effervescent high carbonation. It might have been because we were swirling it in the bottle trying to mix up the yeah <laughs> the sediment yeah you don't get like that bubbly tingle yeah, I'm I'm not I, and I kind of miss it too but you did have a a pretty giant head yeah. when you poured it to begin with yeah so it's so, there yeah I'd say I've got like moderate carbonation yeah I wouldn't say that I have saying. effervescent no not bubbly no. and effervescent fast growing head <laughs> Flavor's pretty good though. It's a uh, very drinkable. Vice Vice beers and and Hefeweizens and and all of that are not on my poundable list. Yeah, well, you're also not an old person. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like the 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 fruitiness and it's it's kind of heavy without being full bodied. Like it sits heavy. In my stomach, I would never be able to pound half of license. 
I don't know if it's the clove or the banana or the like the sweetness. I don't know. I just maybe I drank too much of them when I first started drinking beer because it was like really good and flavorful. Mm-hmm. Sure. I just can't pound them anymore. So my poundability on this one would be pretty low, like a five maybe. Five poundability rating. <laughs> I can go higher than huh. that. I go six. Yeah, I even I'll go seven. Ooh. I will. I will say seven. <laughs> I was gonna go six. Seven. Six point five. Six point five. I'm not. I'm not quite ready to go to seven. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. <laughs> oh God. Now BJCP, on the other hand, I can't really find many things wrong with this. It's listed as a commercial yeah. example, so it's gonna have to be mid to high forties. Yeah. Maybe the touch of bubble gum would be a detractor, but well, it says it's acceptable in the guidelines. Oh, did it? Yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I was. That's why I brought it. Up. No, that's that's the reason why I brought it up again. Okay, because it said um, moderate vanilla character and or faint bubblegum notes can accentuate the banana flavor, but neither should be dominant if present. So it's acceptable as long as it's not ah, over the top. so not dominant. Yeah, this is easily 45. Yeah. Without a doubt. Solid yeah. example. Agreed. It seems pretty good. I mean, it is listed, so we can't say that they're wrong. <laughs> that all said, I like this beer. Including the com- the commercial examples. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Sawyer. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's I, I would, just my tastes, I would prefer a little bit more of the Dunkel Notes. Right. Yeah, I did enjoy that episode when we did uh, Munich Dunkel, episode 21. Yeah. That was a long time ago. We should do that again. In this very room. I should I should brew that Dunkel again. Yeah. <laughs> Dunkel 3.0, see if I can make it even more correct. But yeah, I, I would expect more of the Dunkel notes with it being a Dunkel vice. You mm-hmm. know how they always list the ingredients from most to least? Yeah. Well, this particular one is the Hefeweiss beer Dunkel. Right. So this one doesn't even put Dunkel at the forefront. Yeah. But I don't know if that's but just But in the guidelines German. it says Dunkel's Weiss beer. Yeah. So hmm. I would expect a little bit more of the Dunkel character, but that's just me. Maybe I would just like more of the Dunkel character. Possibly. You might get some more of that in, uh, in our next example. Who knows? Or in the homebrew that we have. Because we have a homebrew example for this one. We do. Holy Whoa! crap. For the first time in like a... It's our very last bottle out of the... Ozap is... Ozap is... Box. <laughs> what? Why was Fredo confused? I don't know. I forgot I added that in. I <laughs> what are you even saying? <laughs> out of Ozap the Ozap is, is box, which is sitting right behind you, Powers, but it's empty. <laughs> oh, okay. It's Ozaft is, which means the keg is tapped, and it's what the mayor of the town says before uh, Oktoberfest starts. However, it's also the uh, the German homebrew competition that is sponsored by the cabin here. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Anything else on this one before we move on to our next example? Nah. Good, good example. Yeah. All right. Travis, what'd you bring? Glad you asked. Whoa, Courtney, where'd you come from? Oh, oh. Well, anyway, so it's her birthday. She's right here. Uh, next, we have the Erdinger or Erdinger, 
Weisbrow from somewhere in Germany. Actually, it's from Manhattan, New York. <laughs> Just imported. Super German. Yeah, imported. Imported. But brewed and bottled by the Erdinger uh, Weisbrow in Erdin, Erdin, Germany. <laughs> I don't know any pronunciation, so I'm probably way off. Swan, Swanson, Sim, Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> but this is their Weissbeard. It's 5.3%. Excuse me. It's their Weissbeard Dunkel. So while this is not a commercial example, it is still solidly in the style. And I expect high things from it. On the back it says Erdinger. Erding, I'm just going to say ding. Erdinger is brewed all naturally <laughs> using traditional bottle fermenta- fermentation. Never pasteurized. Which we did roll this around on the table for a little bit, so it should be decently mixed up. We decided not to leave the yeast in the bottle. Mm. Thank you for enjoying Erdinger, the world's number one Hefeweizen. They make some bold claims on this bottle. I was bottle. about to say, mm. number so one in the claim. world. They are the Well, Von Stefaner says they're the world's oldest brewery. Hmm. Has anybody proven that they're not? I don't know. Hmm. World's number one. Does it just say world's number one it just says Weiss world. beer or Dunkless Weiss it beer? It says world's number one Hefeweizen. Huh. Interesting. Well, let's find out. All right. This is much darker than the first one. Yes, this one <laughs> is much more in that mahogany. This is yes, mahogany. That's mahogany yeah. right there. It's very okay. dark. Ruby highlights yeah, on the like outside. Brownish, reddish. Uh, has like a had more of a foamy head than uh, the other one because the other one was more frothy. Yeah, this one was kind of a thicker head. Yeah, I'm not picking up nearly the banana and clove and the aroma that we did on the last one. I'm picking up a little bit of that clove. I'm finding it to be a little bit more balanced on the on the aroma. I'm getting more of the of the like Munich Dunkel notes. In well, see, I was going to say, I'm not really smelling a whole lot of anything. I'm getting some real sweet malty notes, like brown sugar, liquid bread kind of thing, with yeah, maybe it's, a hint of uh, some of the yeast character. It's very subdued for me, though. I'm not really picking up a whole lot of anything. I agree with that, especially after the wine Stefaner, which had a very present and clear aroma. This one's not as much. Yeah, It's just kind of meh in I the do aroma. Ag- I do agree there's a lot more malt on that aroma, though. The first thing I notice is carbonation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit more effervescent. Yeah, I wouldn't quite call it effervescent. But, yeah. But it's more so than, than the last one that we had. Um, man, this is really subdued all the way around compared to the first one. I mean, I'm getting some more toasty character a little bit like bread crust but it's not nearly as doughy i'm not getting nearly as much of the the yeast phenols there's hardly any banana or clove so to speak yeah it's almost nutty yeah and that's that's kind of uh that's a head scratcher for me because it it doesn't have the ever-present yeast character that you expect from a hefeweizen yeast right you know like you're looking for um even though this one is more of the reasonably balanced 
Yeah, the yeast character is still very faint. Uh, yeah. I am getting some of the malt sweetness. Uh, that one's coming through a lot more in this one than the previous example. But um, I, I I would like for the yeast character to be way more present in this one. Uh, it, it's almost non-existent. I've got a little bit of a, like a light spice on that, too. Okay. I'm catching that, I think. Do you remember that Wells banana bread beer? The Bombard Bombardier? Bombardier? No, it's not Bombardier. It's by the same company, I think. Comradery. Com- Comradery. Comradery. Here, this one. <coughs> Wells banana bread, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I'm going to call myself a liar. Oh, because you didn't say it. Yeah, I did. I said, do you remember that Wells banana bread beer? And you said, Bombardier, Bombardier. <laughs> anyway, I think that's closer to this. Or this is closer to the, the Wells than what I would expect. Because, I, I mean, if you really, really try to think about it, there's a banana note. But it's it's a lot more toasted than the last example. I remember the banana bread being like almost sickly amounts of banana. Okay, see, I don't remember that. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of the homebrew that I tried to make to copy it. Yeah. The, uh, the Bold Ruler Brown, that's what it was. Because my wife wanted the banana bread beer, so I tried to brew one. It didn't work out very well. Actually, what I ended up making was a Douglas Vice because I did... Um, dark malt Munich Vienna and then I used a I used the Weinstefaner yeast and fermented it really hot to get the banana notes hmm. that's actually what I did <laughs> that that actually kind of reminds me of this but what I I didn't get enough banana and so I bought banana liqueur and dumped it into the keg and that made it weird oh I remember that <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. gosh <laughs> but before I added the liqueur that's it tasted like this Hmm. In reading the guidelines, there was a bit of a of a range for the intensity of, of the uh, the yeast character. Right, aroma it listed as moderate phenols. I don't. I wouldn't I, say it's moderate. It's I'd say it's low. Moderate. Yeah. Uh, in the flavor, it does say low to moderately strong banana and clove. So there's a huge range there. Certainly the low side. I think as it's warming up, I'm get I'm I feel like it's unlocking a little bit more of that banana. Like okay. I, I've I, I, the last couple steps I've taken, I'm like, okay, I can I can track that banana a little bit better. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. The first few sips was almost like, you know, like a Shiner Bach, just kind of yeah, real yeah. real simple, real straightforward, uh, old person's drink, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> the old the old man beer. I mean, if this was if this is what beer was, you know, in the 1700s in Germany. That's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. It's no, no, just no, no. not. It's a good beer. I like it. I think I like it more than I did the Weinstefaner. Just on overall beer. Because, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the overly clove and banana wheat beers. Sure. This could be an everyday drinker. For oh, absolutely. Sure. This, is a, this is a much better. This is just a much better balance. Of every flavor, like this, the Weinstefaner was not as as balanced. Um, it still kind of met that reasonably balanced, but this one is closer to closer to harmonious marriage level of balance. I agree. So beer wise, 
I think we all like this one better. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. <laughs> and we don't agree very often here. Like, that however, <laughs> however, BJCP, this one would not do as well. No. Because, no. <laughs> because it's lacking the clove and the banana and, you know, the balance there. I think this is more malt-sided. Yeah. the Any kind of Hefeweizen should be, in my opinion, should be more heavy on the yeast character and yeast phenols. And I think the BJCP feels that way also because I noticed that they were very careful to say reasonably balanced. Right. They did not say balanced because I don't think that they balanced. could. There was probably an argument around the table of no, a Hefeweizen, no matter what kind, dark, light, should be more intense on right. the yeast characters than anything else. Right. And I agree. This is super easy drinking, very flavorful, but I agree probably would score a little bit lower because it's it's lacking in the yeast character department. And it's also worthy to note that it is not listed on the commercial example list. Yeah. Yeah. Probably for that reason. I can I can see why. Comparing the two so far. Yeah. So I guess if you're scoring it you can't really er ding it. Oh come on. oh come on. Yeah, no. Oh jeez. <laughs> or can you? Mm. So, poundability on this one. Poundability. <laughs> My poundability is going to be fairly high on this one. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with a nine. Really? Yes. I was thinking more like seven. I'm going to say nine because it is sweet, probably a medium light body, and the carbonation isn't giving me trouble at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it is still a vice beer. So seven is <laughs> is high for me for a vice beer. Hmm. So I'm gonna go seven. Um, eight. I'm gonna split. I got a seventy-nine. Yep, I'm gonna split split the difference here. All right. So, yeah. Say pay. Oh well. All things considered, I would probably put it at a thirty-three. I was thinking thirty-five. So yeah. Because there's no, there's no flaws, it's just, does it fit in the style? And yes, it does, but I guess, does it fit in the style as well as other beers in the style? Yeah. Yeah, so looking at the score sheet, 30, might be too harsh. Yeah. 36, 37. 30 to 37 is very good. Generally within style it, parameters. And it is very good. It should be 37. Yeah, generally within style parameters, some minor flaws. I wouldn't say it's flawed. But then you get up to excellent, which is 38 to 44, and it says exemplifies style well, requires minor fine-tuning. I don't think it's quite there. Yeah. So I could go all the way up to 37, put it in the very good category. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm right there. I was 35. I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty. Great beer, though. I do like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, if I had five gallons of this at home, that would be drink the crap out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fun it's fun what you find when you're limiting yourself to a style and one that you don't find a lot in the stores. You kinda have to reach a little bit for something that maybe I wouldn't I wouldn't have even looked at this at the store and now it's not like, knowing what it was. Exactly. But now that you know you might go, Oh, that was good, I'm gonna try that one again. Yeah, exactly. 
And it's funny that, you know, two beers in the same style from two very well-established breweries in Germany make... They are very different very examples. Different. Yeah. yeah, very different. And I'm sure you can say the same thing. Oh, well, you know, Rar makes a blonde, and so does uh, uh, Martin House, but they're totally different. Well, they've also been around for ten years. Yeah, these places have been around hundreds. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, by God, it's it's the world's number one Hefeweizen. Come on. Oh my gosh, is yeah. it though? Uh, well, we had the Dunkelweiss. We haven't had their Hefeweizen. Ooh. Oh, they're cross-promoting. That's what it was. Yeah. They said, we make the world's number one Hefeweizen. It's not in this bottle, but we make it. No, it... <laughs> you gotta no, go look the, for the, it. The, the label says... Oh, see... Okay, so... Wait. Yeah, it says, oh. thank you for enjoying Erding, Erdinger, the world's number one Hefeweizen. And so it's... I don't know if it's pr- promoting this one, or no. if it's just saying it as a brand. It's not a Hefeweizen. This is a Dunkelweiss. Well... Two different styles. Maybe it's just saying as a brand they are the best at Hefeweizen. Right. Maybe they they're not claiming one of their beers. They're just claiming, "Hey, mm. we're the best at this. Come at me, bro." So yeah, that's okay. Von Stefaner says we're the oldest, the world's oldest brewery. Since what? Ten forty. Ten forty, huh? Anyway. Yeah. Later so, on this episode, we're gonna try the world's oldest homebrew. So that's exciting too. Yeah. <laughs> so do we want to do the the homebrew next, or do we want to do our style comparison? Yeah, let's do the homebrew next. All right, let's break it out. All right, so uh, we're going to go through the entire process here. So we've got a uh, BJCP score sheet that we're going to use as reference. Uh, All right. So at the very top, category number 10B. Entry number 0076. Bottle inspection. I would call that a low fill, maybe? Low-ish? It's right there on the... It's like halfway up the neck. Yeah, it is a, a long neck bottle, but compared to the Vorsteiner bottle right next to it, they're a similar shape, and the Vorsteiner, I think, was a yeah. higher fill. So, I, I mean, I, it's not really something you dock points on, but it is kind of a low fill. So it'll probably have a big hiss to it. Maybe. Oh, we got bubbles! We got bubbles! We got bubbles! And we have a gusher... <laughs> we have a gusher. This is why there's always a bucket next to the table. Oh yeah. Uh, beer. Oh, listen to it go. Beer got a little excited there. It did. <laughs> it does happen from time to time. Oh! <laughs> I guess we should be glad that it was a slightly low fill in that case. All right. Well, a lot see. of times, if you have a low fill, then that's more space for uh, carbon dioxide to build up. So that might be more likely in that case, or yeah, and that'll build more pressure. Yeah. Huh. All right. Appearance is uh hazy. It's actually probably clearer than the other two that we had. Yes. Of course, we pulled the bottle out of the fridge. It was crystal clear. We did upend it. Yeah. Which brings me to the question I was going to ask you. Knowing the style that it was, in competition, when you picked up this beer, would you upend it first before you opened it? No, I would not have. Okay, why? Um, 
because I'm usually not the one that pours the beers. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but if if you were the one to to pour the beer, knowing that it was a wheat beer, knowing how much yeast is involved in the flavor profile, would you have upended it before you poured it, and why? I would have talked with whoever I'm judging with, and then would have to come to a consensus on that. Um, and then every beer would have to be treated exactly the same. I personally, I would like to upend and mix up all of those bottle styles or bottle entries because it does make a difference. Yeah. If you have a a sample from the very top of the of the bottle, and then you have one from the bottom where it's all murky and yeasty, totally different. Right. And you want to make sure that your sample is the same as the sample that the other judges at the table are getting. Yes. And depending on who pours and how it's poured and at what portion of the bottle that you get, it's going to be mm-hmm. different. So, yeah, I would say totally. Yeah. And so I'd say that... Depending on, you know, all the bottles, you know, check and see if it's bottle conditioned and look at the style that you're judging. And then, you yeah. know, make a call as a as a judge panel. And then clear it with the judge coordinator, the head right, judge. the head judge. Too. And then do all of them the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, I would also notate that on the score sheet that that's what you did. Right. So that whenever the brewer gets those sheets back, they know, okay, this is how my beer was treated when it was judged. Right. Some people would appreciate that. Some people wouldn't. Well, and I would say, on, I would also put on the judge sheet that all bottles in the flight were were upended to mm-hmm. mix the, the, the yeast sediment. Yeah. So that they know that it happened to everybody's. Yes. Because you can't really put on an entry, you know, do not, <laughs> do not upend. Right. Good. Would it make a difference? I don't know. I don't know if that would reach the judge panel, though, with all the screenings that goes through in the double blind. I don't know that it would ever actually reach the judge table. I don't know. I mean, you could put it there. Yeah, it just doesn't mean... I, yeah. That would be an interesting conversation <laughs> to have with somebody who does a lot of those... Who's a head judge for a lot of those contests. See, like, what would you do if somebody in the judge panel came to you and said, this is what we want to do with the style? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then your table's going to be different than the other table. So if you got two different flights of the same intro, or the same style, it would have to be consistent all yeah. the way across. there need be consistency. So, anyway... Hmm. The color in this one is more similar to the first one we had, the Vorsteiner. I would say it's like halfway darker. between the two. Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit more on that amber side yeah. of things. Hold up the window light. It's different from the lamp light. It's more uh, no, brown it's in that same. case. It's pretty similar. But I'd say it is between the two. It's not nearly as dark as the uh, Erdinger. Yeah, but it's not nearly as light as the uh, Linesiphoner. It still have a foamy head. Yeah. Tannish, beige color. Appearance is only three points. I'd probably give this all three. Yeah, I would too. Then I would move on to aroma. A lot of getting that banana in here. Yeah. Pretty heavy. Lots of banana. I'm picking up some clove also. Mm-hmm. I'm picking up something that's off. Mm. I was going to say metallic. With a light, scummy aroma. That's probably it. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, a like a metallic tinge. I wouldn't go as far as saying chemical. 
Yes. But it's on the edge there. There's a faint off flavor in the aroma. Off flavor in the aroma? <laughs> There's a faint off aroma. Off aroma, aroma. in the aroma. Off aroma. 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 Now, the fact that we have this bottle means it did not get pushed onto the final round. So yes. there's going to be okay. either something wrong with it or the other beers were just better. Yeah. And there's no telling how old it is. Right. We've had it at least a year. Definitely. So Aroma, I you know, 12 points, I might give it seven or, or so just because it's something's a little off. I'm just not picking up on any of those malt aroma, uh, aroma notes that you're supposed to get with this style. Now, Travis and I judge different ways. Mm-hmm. He'll write his notes and then give it a final score right. and then make all the other numbers match. I mm-hmm. do it the other way. I will assign scores to each category and then total it up and then adjust it as necessary. Right. Based on what I think the final number should be. Okay. But I usually don't have to adjust it more than like a point or two. Yeah. Hmm. So I would probably give this one about a 7 out of 12. So I'm mm-hmm. up to 10 points already. Yeah. Flavor. 20 points. This is a big one right here. Huh. Banana. It's a lot of banana. Not not much else. Yeah, I'm not picking up a lot of clove. Yeah. There is some toasty notes. Um, Not not really toasty, but like bread crust or some of the doughy character. But it's really mostly banana for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you picking up that weird off flavor that you got in the aroma? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what it is in the flavor. It's because it, and it's not enough to like turn you off of it. No, I actually like yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of really good things in this beer. The carbonation's good. The mouth feel is good. Yeah. So at this point, I would have skipped flavor for a minute and wrote down mouth feel because that has to do with carbonation and body and all of that. I'd say that's which a, is uh, worth five points. I'd probably give it four. This has the bubbly mouthfeel. Yeah, bubbly. It's got about a medium, probably body. I'd say. I'd probably give it four, four out of the five for mouthfeel. See, flavors worth twenty. I'd probably go to like fifteen or sixteen. It's not bad. No. I I would say that it's reasonably balanced. As would I. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this one didn't get pushed, unless the other ones were just so much better. This would I w- I would have put this one fairly high. Yeah. Um. I'm sitting here. I'm finding very little to say negative about it. Yeah. Uh, I could use a little more of like the the clove, the mm-hmm. yeast complexity, because yes, we're getting banana. But there should be a little more than just that one-sidedness. So maybe a little bit more in the yeast complexity. But could, could there have been something in this beer a year ago that mellowed out a little yes, bit? Yes, I was exactly yeah. thinking that same thing. Possibly, it is quite possible that that's this beer a year ago was maybe way too young. That there was just the balance was way off. Maybe it was incredibly banana and just mm-hmm. over the top. It was you know just det- detestful. Yeah. And then now after sitting for a year in you know, near freezing conditions, mm-hmm. things have mellowed out. Well, I mean, it wasn't in that fridge for a year. It was in that box for probably six or eight months before we moved it to the fridge. It's at least cool and dark. 
So, so yeah, I mean, it, it it's not like it was in ideal conditions the entire time that I've had it, but it's been cared for. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I, I like this. I would yeah. probably... My total would probably be somewhere around 35, 36. I could be persuaded to go slightly higher if need be, but I wouldn't put it in the 40s. No. I I just don't think that enough of the other characteristic flavors come through for it to be in that high in that like 40s range. I mean, if I close my eyes and I didn't know that this was a darker example, mm-hmm. then I would have thought that it was a good Hefeweizen. Yeah. I think the off flavor I'm picking up is is like what I get from old homebrew where it starts to develop a, like a dark fruit character. Oxidized. Being oxidized. In a way. It, but it does have kind of a... And I, I say clay a lot, but... <laughs> it's just on the very beginning stages of that. Where it's starting to get the like cardboard or the papery. old, yeah, the old flavor. Hmm. Uh, but even then, it's it's just starting to develop. It's only slight. So, yeah. So what would your number be? Probably thirty-seven. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's good. If that's the case, I either want to know what was wrong with it a year ago, or I want to taste those other beers. Yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. For real, yeah. <laughs> So whoever, Vice. whoever that was, entry Strong. number 76 and uh, 10B for Ozaft 2016. I enjoyed your beer. Yeah. 76 trombones caught the morning sun. <laughs> Cheers to you, bro. Yeah. Seriously, it's, <laughs> Mis- it's a good beer. Mystery brewer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dunkelweiss must have been a strong category that year or, you know, maybe just, maybe well, just wait a year next it, time. <laughs> honestly... It is one of the few styles that you can enter in a German brewing competition that's not a lager. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that there were a lot of really strong brewers that either don't have lagering capability or didn't want to enter a lager or whatever. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it, it's the all the vice beers. And, well, that's kind of it. <laughs> so unless you can lager... If you're entering a German brewing competition, you're going to have to do a Weiss beer. Yeah. So it's it's possible that there were some just stellar world-class examples. Hmm. Who knows? It's too bad. Lost to the world, <laughs> but yeah. not to my heart. Yeah. Well, I would like to compare this style to the original Hefeweizen style. Hmm. We got, we or was this one the original? Because remember, we read the history. <laughs> Um, the pale vice beer. Yeah. <laughs> I would we, like to go back in time and redo that statement. <laughs> Let's try another beer. All right. So our last beer of the day, we thought we'd do a style comparison to a regular Hefeweiss beer. Uh, this is the Francis Connor Weiss beer. Nature Trube. Premium. Regular. Regular. Hefeweiss Regu- beer. Anyway, that was all really bad, but whatever. Um, so really... Brewed and bottled by Spottenbrau in Munich, Germany. Please recycle. Always enjoy responsibly. Looking for a 
ABV, but I don't see it. I think Bruce Styles. I mean, not Bruce Styles, but um, <laughs> yeah, Bruce yeah, Styles has decided that it is no, it's uh, Untapped. Is uh is has it at five percent? So okay. yeah. Bruce so, Styles. Yeah. So essentially, <laughs> we should have all of the same flavor prof- profiles that we had before: banana, clove, without the dunkle characters of of bready, toasty, all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, this one is always my my go-to. The first thing I think of when I think about authentic German Hefeweizen. Really? Always been this guy. Not Weinstefaner? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's always been the Franziskaner. Huh. Because as a home brewer, the go-to Hefeweizen yeast is the Weinstefaner yeast. Hmm. Well, at least from Y yeast, because that's what they offer. I've got countless uh, Franz Scanner glasses at home. They're like real tall, yeah. 22 ounces. The look like a Coke bottle. Mm. 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 But yeah, this one, hazy, cloudy. Orange. Orange. <laughs> it's it's orange. orange. Yeah, orange. White, frothy head. Very strong clove in the aroma. I'm actually getting a lot more clove than I am banana. Yeah. I do get banana as well. It's there. Pretty good but mix between those. But that is, uh, the yeast character is way stronger than any kind of malt presence. Oh, for sure. In the aroma. I'm not picking up any malt. No. Yeah. You could toss in a little bubble gum and I'd be fine with that too. Yeah. I'm picking up a hint more bubble gum in the flavor than, than in the aroma. But it's still very strong clove and banana with a hint of bubble gum. No malt, anything Nothing. to speak of. Yeah, if there is some malt, it's just like a, a dry, biscuity yeah. note. But yeah, the the yeast character comes through big time, both flavor and aroma. Um, see, and, and this is what I was wanting from the Dunkelweizen was this kind of presence mm-hmm. from the yeast with maybe just a little bit of a caramel yeast sweetness. Yeah. yeah, or not yeast, but yeah, caramel malt sweetness. So what I was wanting was different from what the guidelines are saying. Because yeah. I, I didn't want a reasonable balance, and I know that's wrong, but that's that's what I wanted. Okay, I wanted more dunkel. Okay, like significantly more dunkel. Um, Francis Connor makes a dunkel vice, and it's actually the one that I was looking for. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the one that the H E B website said that they had. Oh. So that's why I drove all the way out to Burleson <laughs> to get it, and it wasn't there. It wasn't. There's an H E B in Burleson. Yep. Huh, interesting. Didn't know that. Don't um, you live in Burleson? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was less than four miles from my property. <laughs> nah. I went down there to to see if they had it, and it wasn't there. So I went across the street to the Kroger Marketplace, and they didn't have hardly anything. Yeah. So, Sawyer, you lied to me. <laughs> he literally said they have everything. Well, Sawyer, <laughs> sometimes he knows what he's talking about. Sometimes maybe he doesn't. Oh, God, Chris. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was really excited because I knew that this was a good vice beer, and I was I was excited to see what the Dunkel Vice yeah. tasted like. Yeah. And I was a little upset that they didn't have it. But anyway, so that's why I was like, I texted the group and I was like, all right, so I can't find the, the Dunkelweiss. So what? which one do we want as the 
mm-hmm. um, style comparison, and Travis fired back immediately, Francis Connor. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got. It's good. I like it. I do too. This is this is yeah. It's one of my favorite Hefeweizens, and um, the only one that I found locally that kind of matches this one is from Live Oak out of Austin. Their Hefeweizen mm-hmm. is fantastic. For the longest time, they didn't can, but they do now. Um, but I've still only had it on out of a keg. Hmm. Hmm. Live Oak. Have to keep an eye out. I'm trying to think of local. Vice beers that I like and I can't really think of one. I mean, Blood and Honey was really good for a long time, but I kind of drank too much of that. Now I can't really. Stand Blood and it. Honey saturated this market. Like it's yeah. everywhere now. <laughs> well, I drank a lot of it back in the day. I even tried to clone it. Oh yeah, I can't. I, I can't do it anymore. Just I, like with Blue Moon, I can't drink Blue Moon anymore. It's it tastes chemically to me. Hmm. That was your dorm go to beer. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Even with an orange slice. Can't even do the orange slice. That's a yeah. shame. Yeah. I think we need to do a huh. we need to do a dorm episode. Oh we, all the beers we drank in yeah, the dorm. We, we try all the beers we tried early oh, on. Man. <laughs> like Shiner Light Blonde. Ooh. Yeah, some of You the know I haven't ones. had that in years. <laughs> For a reason. <laughs> yeah. We would we'd get a six pack of Shiner Light Blonde and, and eat peanuts and watch Mr. Bean. That was, right. a fr- that was a Friday night in the dorm. That's a, that's a flipping <laughs> party right there. All right. That's what I think of when I think of college. All right. And I'm trying sure. to do that 10 years later. and Everyone thinks you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife just says, I'm going to bed. Like, no, this is good. Did you <laughs> not, is, do you not see all the this things a- that are happening right here? Yeah, that happened a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I'm just like, I'm having so much fun. And she's like, I'm falling asleep yeah so what's your poundability rating on this one huh (laughs) good question matt thanks for asking well like i said me and vice beers don't do well together so i would have to say like four on this one and this one's pretty pretty present yeah so i could go no higher than a five i think even though it's like a medium light body there's still so much it sits really heavy in the stomach yeah, even even though that's the case, I think um, you know having had some of the other beers so far today. I mean, it's just a, I like I'm not going to go higher than six. I'll probably go five point five on this. Okay. You know, I think I think I can go a, just about a half point higher. So you're just going to split the two of us again? No, I didn't split you. You you well, you went four. I went higher than Travis. Did I say four? You yeah. No, oh, I thought I said five and you said six. Oh, okay. Oh no, I. I, I was going a little bit higher than Travis just because I think okay. this is pretty pretty okay to like not it's it's no, I do mediocre accountability. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you really shouldn't. That's okay. Uh BGCP on this one. Forty five easily. Is it listed as a commercial? Absolutely has to be. Well, hmm. has to be. Let's find out. German wheat beer. Vice beer. 10A. It is not listed as a commercial example. Oh. Uh-oh. Einger Brow Weiss. Hacker Shore Weiss. Pollen or Hefeweiss. Schneider Weiss. Weinstefaner Hefeweiss. Hmm. Francis Conner is not listed. 
It's fake, That's a travesty. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> this is a 45. However, we did talk about the Polliner uh, half of ice at the Oktoberfest episode in Addison. That's right. And that's a... I remember saying that that one was stock in a good way. It's exactly mm-hmm. what you expect a vice beer to be, and so is this. Yeah. So, maybe you know, they can only list a certain number. If yeah. they listed all the really good vice beers on the commercial example list, it would be like five pages. Yeah. Because <laughs> lots of, lots of good, reputable companies make good beer. Yeah. So. Beer right. is made by a lot of people. Thanks for joining us for... Dunkel's Vice. Join us next week for episode 114, which is special to us. 114, hey! And we are going to have a Powers Power Hour. Uh oh. With some special guests. Should be fun. Cheers until then. Bye!